Welcome to Straight Edge, the podcast. My name is Clive Allwright, and along with my amazing guests and co-hosts, we're going to be having some brutally honest and sometimes confronting conversations around all things of addictive behavior. Now, as it happens, I've been a hairdresser for 37 years, and during my career, I've met many people just like me that have also struggled in the many different areas of addiction. So our main focus of this podcast is to chat with as many people as possible from the hairdressing, barbering, and media industries, along with some pretty smart people that work in the fields of addiction to get a deeper understanding of why so many of us struggle with the balance of family, careers, health, and the day-to-day pressures of life. So if this sounds like an area you'd like to dive deeper into, make a cup of tea, sit back, and listen to Straight Edge, the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Straight Edge the Podcast. My name's Clive Allwright. I'm your host today along with the wonderful, beautiful, stunning Amy this morning. How are we, darling? Did I I do something to deserve that? Do I owe you some money or something? No, I was very (laughs) conscious this morning of how much work you do behind the scenes. And um, I know it takes a lot of work, so with all the social media and putting the episodes together and not only being a host, but editing it as well. So, Well, I'm just fantastic. What can I you, say? You are fabulous. <laughs> and, um, it's just the two of us this morning. Uh, fortunately, yeah. Lou can't be with us. She's in the Hot Shots house uh, down in Melbourne, um, yeah. which is an amazing uh, opportunity to grow the future of our industry. But we have an amazing guest uh, this morning, and we, we started this podcast to get as many different angles as, as possible when it comes to in relation to addiction and alcohol and all different areas of addiction and we're very blessed this morning to have a wonderful man with us this morning Andrew Addy how are you this morning Andrew I'm very well thank you so much for having me no it's an absolute pleasure I'm super excited to talk to you this morning because your story is very different to the one that I took um, in regards to getting sober I've got a little backstory here you're 37 years old you've been sober for four years we're very similar time aren't yeah, we? four yeah. years and a few months mm-hmm. uh, and you took the medical route of um of basically throwing addiction away that's um, right get it in the bin yeah I love <laughs> it. um you're openly gay and in the in the uh, last four years you have started an amazing movement called untoxicated which we can talk about i didn't start it Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you know what? Well, we, we, congratulations. <laughs> a good little promotion. Yeah. A, a, uh, excellent. And they often say when you get sober, always look for the, the similarities, not the differences. And once again, I found someone that has a love for ocean swimming. So there's yeah. a definite... What is it with us with ocean swimming uh, when we get sober? I don't know. I can't, I can't explain it. I just love swimming in the ocean now. Yeah, mm. it's just a part of my, you know, daily routine. Mm. I quite often joke that we still drink the same amount. It's just salt water. That's right. And, uh, I, I've you know got a gut full right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. It has been a beautiful weekend here in Sydney. You also spoke at the Rethink Addiction Conference. Uh, was it last year or this year? Last year. Last yep. year in September. Awesome. Yeah. So we're super excited to chat to you about your personal journey. Um, thank you for doing this with us. Yeah. Thank I'm, you. You know, I know that within our industry of hairdressing and barbering, there are going to be many people out there listening to your story, and I think it's going to be definitely a story of inspiration. Um, oh, and, uh, I mean, stop. I'm so inspired. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's funny when people say that. It's like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of just do what I 
just you know one foot after the other but don't you find <laughs> though that you know now you are sober when you do go out you meet people that just want to pick your brains oh absolutely you know i i joke that um you know sobriety is a part-time job if not a full-time job because you know i'm happy to talk to anybody about it anytime you know i'm just happy to share you know my secret Uh, but i will say we should probably just call this podcast queer edge Uh, (laughs) if that's okay absolutely (laughs) it's all yours darling yes Absolutely. Um, so, where did it all begin for you? Let's go back to the beginning. There's obviously a path, <sighs> and so yeah. tell us this a little bit about your This is always the bit where you're yeah. like, ah, "This is me." Where you know, do I even start? Reflecting by the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, let me set the scene. It's a stormy. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> yeah. So, oh gosh. Um, so, I am 37, as you said. Um, I grew up in Cairns, in Finals, Queensland. Um, so sort of a very different experience to, you know, a lot of people in Australia growing up in a regional slash maybe a little bit rural um, hub. Um, went through school, which was a bit um, turbulent with, you know, m- my sexuality. Um, I didn't end up coming out until I was about 18. Um, and alcohol had just always been a part of my life, even from a really young age. Um, look, Kansas paradise, but there's just not a lot to do. Um, so, you know, what I was doing is just, you know, nicking booze off my parents and going to get them wasted. And that, you know, started probably from the age of 13. And I was, you know, just, you know, my career started, my drinking career started so young. And by the time I hit 18, you know, I was well and truly on the path for, you know, a, yeah. a, a problem with alcohol and and that's unfortunately a really common story in Australia you know people have their first drink you know well before the age of 18 um, and you just kind of set up mm. so by the time I turned 18 you know off I went you know off off you know to the pub and drinking and you know the, every weekend you know almost every weekend until you know I hit what 30 32 mm. uh, I was I was drunk um, at the weekends, if not, you know, more and more as I as I got older, um, a lot of denial um, as I went through my twenties. You know, I was just partying and having a really good time, and I was living in um, Melbourne at the time. Big culture of you know going out and um, you know eating really nice food and drinking really nice wine, and it was just this perfect storm for me to chameleon in as someone that. <laughs> you know, was drinking so much. And I was drinking, you know, lots. You know, I I worked some pretty hardcore jobs and, you know, mixed between the perfect storm of, you know, my sexuality and sort of, you know, struggling with that for a very long period of time. And, you know, the associated, I guess you'd call it trauma um, related to that. Um, Hardcore jobs, um, jobs where drinking was really sort of just a part of the workplace and, you know, we can talk. We can talk about the role workplaces play in alcohol. Mm. Um, I had always had really significant mental health um, things, and you know, I was diagnosed with you know generalized anxiety disorder, also major clinical depression, um, and sort of that was weaving in and out of my life. I'd always sort of seen you know professionals um, to get help. Um, with that side of things and you know I think it was about 10 years ago um, a psychologist that I was seeing 
kind of grabbed me by the shoulders, which you can't do. Yeah. Um, but he kind of was ready to shake me and he said, you need to stop drinking. And I very clearly remember saying to him, I can't. Mm. And that wasn't even like the start of my journey um, yeah. to, to you know, stopping. Oh, I just used the journey word. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I... You know, before I even started thinking that I might even have remotely have a problem, despite a medical professional telling to my face that I do. Um, and then eventually it just got worse and worse and worse. You know, I, I was, um, you know, rocking up to work and probably still pissed from the night before and just counting down the hours until I could, you know, drink again. Um in case you can't tell, I'm pretty charismatic, and I could always, I could always con people to go to the pub with me, right? And it was just, and I had this like system in my head of, you know, these people are these nights, and I'll just change around, and other people wouldn't know that I'd be drinking on those nights, yeah. and it was just this web of lies and deceit that I built, but I didn't really think about it as a problem. Yeah. Now that yeah. I say that out loud again for the yeah. hundredth time, I'm like, okay, maybe there was yeah. a clue there somewhere. <laughs> maybe there's a few little flags yeah, there. <laughs> a few flags. Um, and, you know, I was just living this really um, empty life, you know, that that's the thing that <laughs> it was, I was just, I was being robbed, you know. Yeah. Alcohol was robbing um, my life, it felt like. Um, eventually, you know, um, I, I, I kind of don't know if I use the word rock bottom <laughs> or I hit rock bottom several times and just kept mm. <laughs> just kept driving, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, that was a yeah, catastrophic bump. disaster. That was a bit, a bit bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit bumpy. Anyway, I had a juice, um, <laughs> took some vitamins. Uh, yeah. Baraka, uh, yeah, thank you. Despite like, you know... Uh, you know, very probably closely losing my job, losing a tons of friends, tons of friends, and just navigating through that and changing mm. social groups and yeah. you know that sort of thing. Um, and then it all just became too much. I was, you know, I, you know, as I mentioned, I, I had a lot of mental health um, issues, mm. you know, for most of my adult life, um, if not through childhood too. Do you mind Wait. if we just explore that a little bit more? Oh, yeah, like, sure. So, like, when you were um, – do you feel like it started when you were really young or just yeah. when you became, like, a young adult? Um, I'd say when I was really young. I was quite an anxious kid and very um, clingy, but I also, like, had this, you know, magic. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had this magic in me that, um, you know, I had to really, you know, put a lid on. <laughs> You know, I had to put a lid on it. And it's like, God, you know, and, yeah. and it, it warms my heart to see that, you know, the next generation of queer people are having a, a better time, you know, coming out with, like, you know, a lot of support in place. And, you know, I, I say it like it's Wonderland out there. It isn't. But, mm. you know, people are having generally, you know, better experiences, which is really lovely to see. And I'm not jealous at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so I had that thing and I was like repressing this, this, you know, thing that was inside of me, um, which which is obviously catastrophic for my mental health because, you know, you've got to be who you are, you know, and if you fight it, you're going to really struggle. Um, so <laughs> years and years and years of therapy and drinking mm. um, to sort of, you know, explore that. And, you know, it's um, something that alcohol would temporarily um, give me. You know, I could... 
I could open up and I could come out and I'd you know I'd moved to Melbourne by Melbourne by that point and I you know was making friends with people that were like similar to me you know lo- you know making more queer friends how you know but you know also making friends with a lot of other drinkers yeah um so yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, the mental health stuff yeah. just went on forever. Yeah. It's still going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so... Did you find that, you know, growing up in a place like Cairns kind of added to that um, in yeah. terms of your, your identity and stuff? Because it's it's different living in a city, right? Yeah. Um, I think we, we both yeah. felt like that. Like, we grew up in little villages, in yeah. the well, I was from. I'm from the north of England. You were kind of from down the towards the middle. <laughs> the Midlands. Yeah. I've always been in the middle of everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't we know it? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> apart from drinking, of course, yeah. I was on the, definitely on the extreme <laughs> front runner. <laughs> front runner. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> and um, there's there, there's a different different mentality when yeah. it comes to that growing up in that environment. Yeah. Where you don't maybe feel as free to explore fully who you are do you think that also absolutely yeah you know it's that um you know because it's smaller and you don't you don't want to stand out you you just want to be with your people and like you know not not stand out too much basically be accepted um, you know Mm. it's it's that small town mentality as well and there were elements of of brilliance you know there were ken's had a lot of like Old gay men that had like moved to moved to Cairns that like burnt out from Sydney and yeah. was living this like <laughs> tropical life and so there were a few you know gay and queer people around but you know would would I say role models probably not mm. um, and you know it's 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 the people that you see of course there's there's gay and queer people everywhere but um, the ones that out might be leaning into some of the stereotypes and you know. That is something that I kind of always shied away from because of the homophobia that they were probably experiencing. So I was like, well, I can't be like that. So I've got to, you know, yeah. hide that part. Yeah. And, you know, I had to find, do my queerness in, in, in a very different way. Yeah. Or so I thought, and probably ending up exactly like those men anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like back to Cairns I'm when you like, get a bit older. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll probably burn out and, you know, off I, off I trottle off back to Cairns. Yeah. So how old were you when you made the decision to move to Melbourne? Yeah, so, look, it's been really turbulent. So I finished school, moved to Brisbane, bombed out of university. Oh, no, I did I didn't bomb out. I, I passed everything. A chemistry degree. What on earth? Wow. I know. But Amazing. I, I didn't finish. Um, then I went to the UK for a year. Then eventually I moved to Melbourne, and that would have been when I was about 20. Yeah, cool. Yeah, wow. 21. Did isn't, that, isn't that weird, Clive? Because all of it, like, you were 19 when you went to Hong Kong. Yeah. I was 19 when I left England and got my backpack, went to LA, came to Australia. (laughs) So Mm. you obviously did the same thing and went to England. A geographical. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's quite common. You just keep running, right? Oh, absolutely. And it was that that fresh start feeling. Yes. It's really nice. Yes. Well, that's addictive in itself, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Gosh, We've all done that. I'm only like like three years into my adulthood. Yeah. Uh, It gets way worse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Okay, let's keep going. No, no. I I lived in Melbourne, um, yeah, for, gosh, eight or nine years, um, which is good. And I sort of worked my way up, you know, working in um, the public service. And I'd always 
been quite good with people and that was a real skill of mine and you know I was working in some very stressful jobs um, towards the end um, so I thought I'd take a little career break and I moved to Alice Springs oh, oh. Okay, <laughs> talk then. about in the middle yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so I was there for about six months and I thought I was going to have a little career break. And there was a little thing on called the Marriage Equality Survey. And I thought, well, I'll see what, what's happening in town. And I ended up, you know, co-running the campaign for, for Yes. Wow. Which was so stressful. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was new to town and I didn't know a lot of people. And the way you meet people in a small town is go to the pub and... You know, it was a real, like, community-building exercise, and that was always revolving around alcohol as well. So it wasn't helping the, you know, my pathway that I was on um, with alcohol at all. Um, obviously, yes, one, so, you know, that was a small win, but my drinking was just putrid. I was just, you know, out of control and trying to... And how much would you drink during that time? Oh, so much, like... Uh, every day? Uh, every other day, I'd say, because they'd be too hungover. Yeah. <laughs> you might give yourself a day off. Yeah. What do you drink to blackout? Um, sometimes, but generally I could keep it together, which was a big feature of me not thinking that I had a problem. Correct. Because I could mm. remember everything and then mm. call other people out on them blacking out, I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm so fine. Yeah. But obviously... Is it curse? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, it was just brutal. And I remember I was like, well, you know, I've burnt, burnt a lot of bridges in this town. Like, I'm just going to... Or, or so it felt like it. You know, it probably wasn't the reality, but I was just so down on myself and moved, moved, you know, packed up all my stuff into two bags yet again and, you know, went back to Cairns and then... Um, burnt out there for a while and then I went back to Melbourne and, and you know I was like okay I can get this back on track back on track getting back on track and then you know I did a job for a bit and I was like no I hate this and I was like okay I'm gonna apply for some jobs in Sydney and I got a job in Sydney and within I think it was like three weeks I'd moved <laughs> to Sydney I moved on a Sunday and started a new job on the Monday wow just chaos and then it came the thing of loneliness and isolation and you know Sydney you know despite there being a real health element of Sydney I didn't know any of that yeah. so I just me too I went to the partying scene went to completely down that was drinking out of control once again you know trying my best to um I always kind of kept it together at work a little bit because I can like chat I've got the chat and can talk my way out of pretty much anything it feels like. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and yeah, then I just ended up in a new city with no or little friends with this this massive drinking problem. It's a tough mm. town as well, Sydney, to make it's, friends, to it, make it, real it, friends. It is. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It yeah. took me so long. I can even say that definitely coming oh, from the UK. That it took a, It took years to yeah. feel finally settled, like I'd found people because mm -hmm. it's quite transient as well right even for Australians you'd like you said you know people come in and yeah. then they stay in Sydney for a few years and then they go to Melbourne or whatever yeah. 
and you know it's the same there's a lot of British people Irish people coming and going and yeah. you connect and then they're gone then that's it yeah you, you said hard. something at the beginning about different circles of friends and yeah. I, I very much had that I would have people that I would hang out with on a Wednesday and they wouldn't know that I was out on Thursday and then there was another group of friends yeah. on the Friday and I'd I had this facade, this chameleon-type existence yep. where people would go, oh, I'm going to catch up with Clive. He's a lot of fun. And they would just see me in these little pockets. Yep. But they didn't know that it was continuous. Mm-hmm. To, to do, I'm very much like you. I'd, I'd be like, drop one, pearl one. I'd like have, have mm-hmm. a, big hang, a big session, big hangover. Yep. So at the end of the week, it was maybe three nights of excessive drinking and three days of recovery. Yep. And that left me one day. Mm. And that's how fast my life went past because it was oh. just this perpetual, constant, yeah. revolving door. Yeah, that um, that was, you know, in retrospect, it was so stressful trying to keep up with that that web that I'd created as well. I was like, oh, okay, I'm doing that now, and like, even yeah. though nobody was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why stop this? Yeah. And, my, and my mental health was just out of control, and <laughs> you know, I was in Sydney. I gotten to about six months and that's when I had I'd I'd had sort of close to nervous breakdowns before but I had a really significant um, breakdown um, about six months in to living in Sydney and I was in hospital but I was so scared of being admitted um, and embarrassed and full of shame about being admitted into the hospital that I just spun my way out of it. I was like, I'm fine. I, it's it's all right. Don't worry about it. Because, you know, it feels like the place where if you are in a crisis, whether it's drugs, alcohol, um, mental health, the thing that is there is the emergency department. Does the emergency department be wanting to see any of those three? Not particularly. Mm. You know, it's mm. like you're... I, the way it felt is that you were sort of second tier to the to the other issues that were happening. When of course we know that those three things are significant. Was, your, was yours just alcohol, or was there drugs involved as well? Uh, not not in any way yeah. that alcohol was was destroying right my my life. Drugs drugs could come and go, but alcohol it was the stable. Yep, and it's available. It's stable. It's cheap. Um, it's socially acceptable. Yeah. Um, it was something that was, it was just a part of me. And like, you know, I'm so haunted by the things that I used to put on Facebook. Like, mm, me too. Oh my golly gosh. <laughs> me too. Look, I, you said that to you. They're like, oh, seven years ago on this day. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I've got to delete that immediately. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get cancelled. This is so bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna cancel myself. The shame. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I'm like, okay, let's stop looking at the past at this stage. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to the mental health crisis. <laughs> um, yeah. In the hospital, you know, spoke my way out of it. Went home. Whatever. Which is really it, common. It's yeah, that's right. And it, you know, I'm just a part of these statistics. And do you mind if I ask? Did you take yourself to the hospital, or no? So I someone went, intervened. And... So I went to a GP. Right. And he was like, you need to go to hospital. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is hardcore, and went to emergency. But then, you know, wait. And this is the thing. I waited eight hours. Eight hours to be seen. 
because it was just not important. And I was like, I'm losing my mind. Wow. But anyway, went home and I even went to work the next day, like just on, I don't know how many hours sleep it was, but I was really in a really, really bad place. And, you know, I don't think I would even define that as a rock bottom, but, you know, there were clues. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Um, When you're having these sort of interactions with the health system, I was like, okay, there's some clues here. There's some clues. Mm. Things are going (laughs) wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I... You know, you know, was climbing back up that mountain. You know, getting getting things back together. I was like, I'm doing so well. Um, you know, work's going well, and you know, I'm making a few friends, and this is good. And then the drinking started. You know, not started. It was always there, and it was just out of control. And um, I moved houses, <laughs> and my <laughs> my housemate of about three days was like, "How much do you drink?" <gasps> really? Yeah. Wow. I was like, oh, oh, not much. Yeah, uh, yeah wow. Um, and it, then it was just, it was just out of, yeah. I keep saying out of control because mm. it was. But, what were you drinking? Oh, by that point, it was wine. Mm. It was cheap, mm. you know, socially acceptable. I, I, say, I use that as a feature, like when I'm mm. talking about this stuff. Because, mm. you know, yeah. just it was just there. It was yeah. just there. It's cheap. It get you really drunk really quickly. You know, I was just like escaping, escaping, escaping. Then eventually stumbled across a GP that, and I literally stumbled across him. He was like, oh, I'm a specialist in alcohol detox. Uh, <laughs> perfect. It's funny how these things come I into your like, life, isn't yeah. it? Thank God, yeah, you are here. I obviously didn't say that, but I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll mm. kind of think about this pamphlet that you've given me, all right. Had you been honest to him about your drinking? No, but they, I was going to say, because I'm not a no. Yeah. Of course they fucking know. Yeah, like, they know. Yeah. 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 My doctor took, used to say, whatever I told him, he would double it. That's mm. right. It, and they know this. Um, so, but I think I was open. I was like, oh, I'm drinking every day. And he was like, uh, red flag, red flag. But, um, his care was just so great, you know. He just, it felt like he read me like a book, mm. um, which was a relief. That was a really big relief. Yeah. Um, and it really helped that he was also gay. Mm. Um, there's something about the magic of, of speaking to someone who was similar to you, like this. It's that connection. Yeah, mm. it's, and it's that element of, you know, it's an up-and-coming thing of, you know, peer work where it's like, you know, it's really nice to be seen by people that are similar to you and that they might have the shared lived experience um, f- for really great outcomes. And and I was, you know, that w- was a big feature because I didn't have to worry about all the gay stuff. I didn't have to worry about that. You know, I could focus on mental health and I could focus on alcohol. Yeah. I didn't have to teach a doctor anything. I didn't yeah. have to explain myself. So this doctor was like, look, we're going to try this medication We're going to, you know, this is the plan. You're going to go away. You're going to have a think about it. But um, if you do want to come back, this is the date. Um, And then we're going to start you on these meds. And there's a whole program thing. And and that was called um, Clean Slate Clinic. Um, And it was being run by GPs at the time. And now it's sort of transitioned over into a um, telehealth um, model, which has real benefits for um, rural and regional people out you know, not in, not in the city. Um, 
But I started the medication um, before um, because obviously stopping alcohol very quickly can be really dangerous. Um, so, you know, if anybody listening is thinking about doing it, you know, always talk to a, a medical person um, before you do. But I started the medication, then I started another set of medication. Antidepressants were in there as well and, you know, got to seven days and then got to 30 days and then got to four point something years. Congratulations. That's a very different road to the one I went down. So my mind is spinning. So I'm thinking, right, so they've sent you home with the medication. You've, Mm. You've taken it. Now, they quite often say, as you know, it's no secret, I'm in a 12-step program. Mm-hmm. You come in for the drinking and you stay for the thinking. Yeah. How how did you deal with that mental side of going, well, I'm, I can't drink today? Was was the medication so strong that if you drank, you it would be yeah, detrimental to your health? Yeah, what does it do? Could you explain that? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of different medications that can be prescribed, but the first one was about... Um, not having a heart attack if you didn't drink. Right. Because you know, there's a real risk of, you know, st- yeah, stopping is... alcohol and stopping benzos cold, you, you can die. So it's really important that you, you know, speak to a medical person. But um, so took the edge off that to, to you Calm know. Calm me down. Yep, stop stop you from dying. Yeah. Um, and then there was a medical... <laughs> Ah, look, laughter is a pillar of my sobriety, you know. Um, So then it was a medication that effectively, if I did drink, it made the alcohol useless. So you wouldn't get that buzz that um, alcohol gives you. And there's a few, you know, there's there's different medications and it's it's depending on the person as well. And, you know... I I can't even remember what I was told about what would happen if I did drink. And I guess it doesn't really matter because I didn't drink. Yeah. Um, It just, I was just like, no, I'm going to really try. I'm going to try as hard as I can because, you know, I can't live like this. Well, drama. Yeah. You know, all of that stuff was going on in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I've got to try something. And it was was a little bit last ditch, you know. Mm. You really wanted to stop anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's the catalyst, isn't it? Oh, and in terms of, you know, the way that I frame rock bottom, it was it was probably really from a ne- a, quite a negative space because I was like, well, I, I'm going to do this and try, and if it doesn't work, I'm going to, you know, leave. Um, you know, and so negative space, mm. but turned into a really positive thing, and mm. I could started seeing things really clearly. You know, you start getting like your your brain back, you start getting your body back, um, you start trying new things and you start, you know, learning more about yourself and, and you know, I kind of define it as, you know, becoming a, a man, it, not in the way of like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like a yeah. masculine. No, <laughs> I've, got, I've got nice arms, but... <laughs> It's all about the arms. Ah, yeah, they're not even that big. I don't know why I said that. Um, But, you know, I kind of, and then I also, like, fell in love with myself, you know. It's it's really nice to look in the mirror and not see a sack of shit. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that. Um, And it's a funny thing that, you know, my, my relationship with my GP was so close and regular and I also behind you know also had a psychologist as well 
and then psychiatrist, which we'll talk about in a hot second. Mm-hmm. Um, but my doctor, I think it was about uh, 60 days or something. He just like, what, you know, just a different medical professional, you know, going to shake me. Um, but he kind of like really just looked at me and he said, Andrew, your eyes look so good. Yeah, that's Your amazing. eyes look so clear. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. And now, like, it is it is something... It was like a bit of a gift that he gave me by saying that because I look in the mirror now and I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm. My eyes are so clear. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I've been swimming in the ocean and they're, like, bloodshot red. But yeah. then it's like, oh, no, I've been swimming in the ocean. It's fine. Yeah. But it's, it's a like, reminder. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it is a reminder. You know, it's um, it's something that it's... You know, we, we talk about the the things that kind of drive you and keep you on track in recovery. Mm. And, and that's one of the things. It's like, look in the mirror and look at how clear your mm. eyes are. Because like, oh. when I was yeah. drinking, I never, I mean, I work in front of a mirror all day long. Yeah. And I could go for weeks without looking at myself. Yeah. Because I hated myself. Yeah. But I'd yeah. look at the client, obviously. Mm. And now I can look at myself in the mirror and, and smile and, yeah. and like who I see. Right. Because I hated that person. Oh. Yeah. I, I would look in the... The only time I would look in my bathroom mirror when I was so buckled and I would look at my face and the pain and the swelling, the oh. bloating, the puffy eyes, and I would go, you're going to die. You've got to stop. And that would be the only time. Because oh. where now I look at myself and go, I'm not a big sack, but I'm like a small bag of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but that's good. I'm working on that. It'll, yeah. It'll, it'll be baby potatoes soon. So it's like, it's like But you know what a yeah, what a lovely feeling though. It's um something that really drives me, I think. Yeah. And it's so it's so little. Yeah. And it's mm. just like, well, of course people look at themselves in the mirror yeah. all the time. But when I know. when I questioned myself as well, um, I joined this this group about grey area drinking. Oh, yeah. Because for me, it was kind of like the mummy wine culture thing. Sure. And yeah. let's catch up another bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and that builds up. Yeah. Um, and I, just, uh, I joined this group. And then one of the main things that people posted was these before and afters. Ah. Of the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you can see it. You really can. It's, it's, they're just, like, everyone's eyes, it's like they come to life. Oh. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, these photos of my past, my golly gosh, just like... Mm. Yeah. The puffiness. Yeah. Oh I'm very fortunate to have a photo of me taken on the last day that I drank. Um, and then exactly 12 months later on the same day... And it's a different world. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone says, look at the state of you. They said, we didn't notice it at the time, but look how swollen your face is. Everything was swollen. Yeah. Um, and then a year later, the, all that had gone. Did yeah. you have any other health issues then? Um, in the lead up in to the lead stopping up to drinking? It. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, my, my liver had started it's a very sort of, you know, steady decline. Progressive, yeah. Oh, you know, and he, uh, he uh, my GP was like, oh. You know, you've got the liver function of, like, you know, a 45-year-old. This isn't good. Wow. So, you know, um, and I've since gone and had that all checked, and it's, like, it's repaired. Correct. Mm. You know, It's amazing, your body, isn't mm. it? It's back. It can, yeah. it can rebuild. My liver's back. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> back. I did it at 50, and then 50, by 54, yeah. all mm. of my health issues have pretty much disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing is, like, when you see... This is the 
the thing. You, out there in the world, you see all these Instagrammers and, you know, it's, it's health, it's fitness, it's this and that. And, and then it's a margarita. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, the number one thing you can do to look after your health is not drink. Mm. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So frustrating. Well, it feels frustrating you know, so yeah. to see that. I think it's really, really interesting. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Kind of hearing everyone's different steps to get, firstly, to addiction. And usually, and it seems the same for you, and it's definitely the same for us, is there's always an element of uh, pain or trauma or um, mental health that leads us to that point. It's not like you wake up and go, I'm going to be an alcoholic, yeah, yeah. you know. It's a progressive thing that takes time. And I think the stigma that's attached to it, like you said, it's almost like you can even turn up to an emergency department and they'll look at you like, well, this is your fault, so we're oh. going to deal with the person who's cut their leg open or whatever. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm. And it, and that is, creates more shame. What a sad state of affairs. Yeah. You know, there should be... Open arms, you know. We we had a, a drug and alcohol counsellor, Shane, that came on the last episode and he said it cost, I think it was $12 billion. Billion. billion dollars, yeah. The drug, you know, to, for the government to, to fund, you know, the amount of alcohol-related injuries. One thing that he mentioned us before the, the episode, which we forgot to mention during it, was that prescription drugs kill more people than illegal drugs. But... Mm. Alcohol, mm. tobacco, and all those legal things that you see out there, They're they the cost two. us, the taxpayer, yeah. billions of dollars. And yeah. instead of investing that money into into creating a positive life for people, they just let the advertisement companies advertise because they make so much money out of alcohol sales. Well, you don't yeah. see an alcohol company sponsoring a rehab, do you? No. Yeah. No, yeah. This, this is the thing. It's like you see... Things like Solo mm. has just rebranded, well, you know, introduced Hard Solo. And, and that that's a, a, soft oh, really? drink, a soft drink in Australia yeah. that's like a lemon cordial mm-hmm. right, yeah. for our overseas listeners. But, yeah, they've done an alcohol version. I mean, alcohol, oh, really? alcohol mm-hmm. lemonade. Yep. Yeah. And who do you think they're targeting? They're targeting the kids. And, yeah. That's right. And, I mean, I the had a conversation pops. last week with someone about... You know, I've got a, my youngest daughter's 12 and mm-hmm. there's definitely a, a part of anxiety going on with kids that went through COVID and all that kind of stuff of social interaction. And it just terrified me because I'm thinking well, when she gets to the, well, that we all didn't know that we will start drinking before legal age. Mm-hmm. But we've all been down that path where we go, oh, this just makes my anxiety go away. Yeah. And it's just an alco pop. Yeah. And it's not going to yeah. do me any harm. I'm, I'm going to yeah. have three before I go to a party. And that's... Yeah the common thread uh, that we hear. Did you uh, did you feel like, because, you know, I've both of us have had anxiety and depression as well, and I, I know for myself, it was like, you know when they literally, I can understand why that term came around, you drown, drown your sorrows, mm. because it it just disappears. It melts away the oh, anxiety. And, and when it comes back, it the comes pain, back with a vengeance. But when it comes back, you're just like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's but then that's why you drink again, right? Because yeah. you're like, well, I can't deal with this feeling. And I know that that takes it away. Totally. So and it's just gone. At least, it, you know, gosh, this sounds like I'm speaking favorably. But, the, you know, that it was the consistency. Yeah. There was a consistency in just knowing that you were going to feel shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As bad as that sounds, but like you know, at least it was just this, you know. And yeah. you know, my my story actually gets a little bit more complex. Um, it was only just last 
yeah, I had been doing a lot of thinking and a lot of work with my psychologist about, you know, mood and sometimes I just feel awful for no reason and I never really... um, I felt so robbed because I I changed my life significantly and I'd still have these incredible crashes in... in, Which is really common. In Mm. my life. like, And Mm. I was like, what is going on? This is Mm. so unfair. Mm. Um, And, you know, I'd hit... Near, what over over two years, you know, heading up to three, and started doing some diagnostic things, um, you know, tracking my mood, and I laugh about it now. But last year, I was diagnosed with bipolar, and you know, it's kind of like knock knock, what's there? It's alcohol problem. Oh, that's gone away now. What's there? Yeah. Oh, surprise. <laughs> Everybody else got ADHD and I got bipolar. That was me. <laughs> ADHD two years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> surprise, yeah. there's this thing that may yeah. have been a part of, you know, um, behaviour. Yes, you know? yeah. So for those that don't know, so I'm technically bipolar 2, mm-hmm. which is a um, a version that has some some highs and some lows. I don't completely leave earth i don't i don't think that i'm god or anything like that but i'll have short periods where i've i'm really um energetic and you know can can do a, a thousand different things in a few days and then i'll have crashes right, not necessarily okay. me. not mm. necessarily immediately after that's but me. right i'll go through like a month or so of um depression there's nothing i can do to sort of get myself out so but I've started some, you know, medication. A year ago, I started medication, and it's just had a really great impact. It's, you know, it doesn't take away all your problems or, or anything with, um, you know, my mood and, and activity and stuff. But it really has taken the edge off, and, and mm. that's been been great. So, you know, a part a part of my recovery history is a close relationship with my GP, a close relationship with my psychologist, and a close relationship with. My, now my psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic, and and congratulations, and thanks for sharing that. Ah, it, look, it's 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 not easy, and I still think that um, you know the the ADHD diagnosis for me, for example, was such a massive yeah. part of understanding myself. Yeah, and then looking back over my life and going, oh, <laughs> well, oh, now it makes so much sense. Yeah. And yeah. I had to struggle my way. It was like climbing up a mountain every day. And then, like, like you, even with ADHD, obviously, yeah. you have the ups and downs. And yep. I even had someone say to me, you know, before I got the diagnosis, do you think you've got bipolar? Yeah. And I was so upset and angry at the time. Sure. I was like, what? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, you don't know what I've gone through. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you know, but it was it was such a a great thing for me. It was a gift actually yeah. when I found out. Yeah, the, rela- the I, relief. I felt relieved. Me too. I was like, oh, yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, all this moving around, like you know what I've just told you. All this moving around, this feeling of like, oh, let's yes. let's move, let's yes. start afresh, yeah, let's change career, let's yep. rebrand. <laughs> I've totally done, I've done yeah. it a million I think times. We're programmed to do that from a very young age, right? Mm-hmm. You're in a bullying situation at school, mm. and you go right, pivot, let's yep. move, let's go, let's yep. get out of this yep. situation. But not everybody does, though. That's the thing. No, I know. That's what mm. I've realised yep. is that actually some people don't do that. Yeah. Like I've got. <laughs> people I went to school with you know and 
they they stayed in the same place, in the same job, married someone that we went to school with. Their kids now go to the school that yeah. we went to, you know, and they're really happy. Yeah. And I used to look at them and think, sometimes I wish that I could ju- no do that. No one's that really. Well, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's always yeah, something. Like I mean, I mean let's, let's face it. When, we st- when I stopped drinking, I went through definitely that honeymoon period where I felt like I got the, the serotonin, the uh, adrenaline. Um, what's the other one? Dopamine. Dopamine, dopamine hit. I had all of them, and then it, and then I would have days where I would just go, oh, it, life is not full of rainbows and unicorns, right? And mm. and I always relate it back to watching my daughter grow up. Some days she would be so angelic when she woke up. Some days she would be quite horrible sometimes. Sorry, yeah. really, if you're listening to this. But, you know. <laughs> there was times when I was, before I started drinking, I would have really good days and really bad days. Like, my, my challenges at the time when I was 14 was were very different but it was definitely a mood affecting and I would just mm-hmm. have shit days right? yeah. and then mm-hmm. when you mention it you know as we go through and as I've unpacked my journey it's it's definitely like oh I see the signs here I say, yeah. and I've got to be really conscious of it because I can um, you know I just have to go to bed sometimes just, yeah. just make it stop oh how good is bed oh, I, oh. Love it. I love it so <laughs> much I'm just like I am closed for the day yes I am Fucking just get and it's, and it's 8.30. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but how good does it feel? Yeah. Like this weekend, oh. I'm not going to lie, I, um, you know, I'd had the, the kids off uh, school last week and juggling. I'm a single mom and like juggling that and trying to do some work and, you know, dealing with them. And my son's just got diagnosed with ADHD. So there's two of us in the house. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. And, and they when they went back to their dad's, I crash and burn. Yeah. I, I have to have a day yeah. of self-care. Yeah. I, ha- I have to. And, and I'd arranged to do some stuff and I actually had to say, I can't. I don't. If I, if I push myself today and I come see you or I do this, I'm going to be in a mess tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So I just have to stop sometimes and literally just get into bed and watch Netflix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing I wrong have with to. that. I have to do it. That's right. Well, I didn't do that before when I didn't have the knowledge. Yeah. I thought, what's wrong with me? Everyone else is, seems to be fine. I don't feel fine today. Mm-hmm. But how do you communicate that yeah. to other people? And it's that thing of like, you know, I always thought that I was this huge extrovert. But yeah. I'm probably introverted. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because you need to like take your time. Well, I need to recharge. And Absolutely. I need to do that by myself. See, I used to yeah. do that when I was drinking. When yeah. I was hungover, if I had a day off, I'd lock the door, I'd watch TV, I would order food that mm. was rubbish, mm. and that was my time. And it felt really special. It reminded yeah. me of like being a kid hiding under the bed. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. You, or, 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 or telling your mum that you were sick, but you weren't sick, and yeah. then you had a day off school. Yeah. Just that. So I, good. I need that. And I had a bit of it yesterday, because we yeah. had a, a, a bank holiday, a long weekend here. I, I went and did a big ocean swim on Sunday. So yesterday was was my day to do absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that was important to me. So tell us, you've you've done a lot of great things since you've been sober. And so you, we mentioned intoxicated. Yeah. Um, you, we had a conversation before we come on it, and I'm going to raise this because this is really... Look, you, you, we mentioned something. You've got to learn a new, new way to live, yeah. right? There's your first Friday night where you don't drink. There's oh. your first birthday. There's your first Christmas. There's a lot of firsts yep. in your first year. Mm-hmm. And this is the elephant in the room. The first, like, sober sex. Right? 
<laughs> Straight in. Love it. I oh. love it. It's Straight like, for the job. Yeah. 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 It's like there's, yeah. there's a difference between. Yeah. And I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm gonna wrap it on here. That's good. But I know I'm very good friends with somebody that when they stop drinking and they're mm. a lot younger than I am, they went on a rampage on dating apps. And they just went crazy and having sex. And it was almost, and they said to me, it was like filling a void. Yeah. And there's, on my pathway of recovery, I've discovered in the mature age of that I am, that there's a big difference between sex and intimacy. Totally. And yeah. there's a there's a lot of us out there that, are, you know, you, you use the alcohol for the courage, right? Yeah. Yep. You know? and Inhibitions and... Yeah, especially yeah. when you look like a bag of potatoes. You know? <laughs> I've been with my wife many years, but I'm like, come on, like, do you care. think I'm sexy? <laughs> and there was a big part of that. We used to just get pissed all the time and have mad, crazy sex, and then you know, and yeah. drugs or whatever it was. But she's going to go. I can't get that. I can't stop. get that ginger man out of my head now. So do yeah, there's a lot of first. And yeah, no, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I know you touched on it, and you said mm. I've got a lot to say about that. So yeah. 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 So in the gay community, you know, um, sex is really readily available. Um, but it's something that I just really didn't have a lot of confidence in when I wasn't drunk. Like, I didn't know how to, you know, date people sober. I didn't know how to, you know, find someone to have sex with sober. Definitely not. It would be after, like, you know, maybe having 10 drinks and then I'd think, oh, okay. You look attractive. Yeah, I've, yeah, you look attractive. <laughs> I I've, feel attractive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got the confidence to, you know, finally yeah. ask you know, yeah. something, but, you know, going on dates sober was was so difficult to navigate, I, I found. I was like, God, what are we going to do yeah. if it's not just hitting the piss? And it's just the standard out there. It's just yeah. like, let's go get a drink. And I'm like, well, about that. Uh, yeah. My dating hours are 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, <laughs> on a Saturday, and I don't really negotiate with that. Um, no, so I, you just have to, like, get out there, and you just got to, like, you know, dating is, is such a weird and awkward thing anyway. So is. Right? Oh. you got to, like, go out, and you got to be you, – you're super um, ex- exposed feeling, you know, vulnerable as well, yeah. and then you've got to, you know, and then I've got to kind of suggest that I had a drinking problem. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's just like – like, I'm just – gonna wave all my red flags now yeah. so you know. Oh, no, I don't want to scare them away too much. Oh golly gosh. And some people are like, oh you know I do that now with my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for lunch. I'm like, yeah. Behave, Clive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so navigating that is, is is really difficult and do I have the answers for that? Probably not. I think honesty goes a long way. Um but you know, do you want to do a, you know, podcast about, you know, <laughs> on your first day, probably not. Um, but sex, you know, um, you know, look, I I am very <laughs> active uh, in, you know. The <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I just keep waving my arm around. Um, got that flag. If you're listening, yeah, it. my flag. Um, you know, I... I'm a young man. I'm not that young now. I'm probably a daddy in gay world. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a granddad. Yeah. <laughs> a zaddy. A zaddy. A zaddy. Um, you know, initially it, it was just, I was just doing all these experiments, right? It yeah. was like, okay, can I, can I, can I do this? And do I feel comfortable with this? And, you know, where are my boundaries? And, and that's the big thing that you can't, I felt I got a lot of, um, lessons in was knowing my own boundaries and then navigating other people's boundaries. Yeah. And now I feel like I have really a really, really healthy relationship with sex. I um 
you know, I talk about it. It is so thrilling to ask someone to have sex with you. Yeah. Like, it's horrifying. Yeah. And, like, you're just like, oh, my God, what if they say no? Yeah. This is so bad. This is so bad. And sometimes people do say no, but then yeah. at other times some people say yes. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. that went well. Yeah, that went better than I expected. Yeah. yeah. And it, it feels um, really scary, but it's also, mm. you know, something – that, you know, for people listening, you just, like, go for it. Like, you've already, like, changed your life. Like, if you're not drinking, that's so much more harder than having sex. Sex yeah. is great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's just, benefits to sex, right? Yeah. You know? Get out there and have sex. <laughs> you go you know? get it. <laughs> but also, <laughs> be, be careful. Also, you know, you know, also be conscious of, you know, addiction. Maybe yeah. if you are an addictive personality, you know, make sure that you're not you know substituting um, I guess yeah, yeah yeah that's why boundaries and and it, you know s- setting up relationships in mm. in a healthy way which i never yeah. used to yeah. you know i never used to have healthy relationships god uh, problematic as as hell but you know going into the world with these you know fresh eyes mm. jump back um mm. you know are really it it's really nice and mm. you, know, you you have these you know, whether short-term, long-term, and, yeah. you know. So tell us about Intoxicated. Yeah. Shopping <laughs> yeah. from ServiceX to Intoxicated. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so Intoxicated is an organization that, um, so it's not a recovery group. I, it, it's, it's weird because I start with saying what it isn't. So mm. it's not a recovery group. It's not for necessarily problem drinkers. It's not necessarily for people in recovery. Um, it is... In its very purest form, um, people that meet up um, regularly um, to do things together without drinking. Mm, okay. That's it. In a what kind of sentence. what kind of stuff? Oh, anything. So you know, it depends. It's all it's all volunteer based, right? So it just depends on the host. So the things that work really well is dinner, and um, then there's many other things that happen, and I'm you know, pretty adventurous person. So I'm like, what about rock climbing? And what about, you know, go-kart racing? Even though I've never... Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, like, you know, hiking works really well. Even like a coffee, going to the beach, you know, stuff like that. Um, That, they, you know, dinners work so well because people, you know... And this is an example of doing something that's really outside of your comfort zone. You know, going out, some people for the first time without drinking... Oh, it's terrifying. Oh! It's so scary. I I can remember when, because my wife, she doesn't drink now, but she continued drinking for 10 months after I stopped. And we'd go to a restaurant and I'd be like, please order a glass of wine. Yeah. Please, like, we we Mm. look like weirdos. Like, like, she's like, Clive, I don't want a glass of wine. Like, yeah. uh, And that was a big thing for me. I'm thinking, Mm. oh, they're looking at me. They're like, everyone else in the restaurant's having a glass of wine Mm. and we're having a bottle of Pellegrino. Yeah. And now, I actually sit back and I go, look what I'm drinking. Yeah. I'm really chuffed that I'm yeah. not drinking that rubbish. Yeah. Can I jump in there? Sure. Because my story is quite different in the sense of like, I have, um, my drinking was at home. Mm-hmm. I, I drank when the kids went to bed. Gotcha. Yeah. That was my time. That yeah. was my thing. Mm-hmm. So um, it's funny, you know, this, we've all got different journeys. This mm-hmm. is what it's all about, yeah. right, is for me, I actually don't have an issue with going out. Just loads of times I've gone out throughout my whole life. I mean, I didn't drink for s- six years after I had the kids, and yeah. I yeah. never even thought about it. Al- alcohol was not a long-term part of my life. It came 
later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's millions of times I've been out and not drank and had a good time or drove because I was pregnant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. so many things that I know that I can do that. It's yeah. not a problem. It was it it for me. I've had to change my nighttime habits and fill that gap. Yeah. And and change myself in that way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, yeah. So, but yeah. I can relate to when you're used to it you know, being that way. You know. We're three different you know segments of people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With, with you know similar things going on. Yeah. Right? Um, and look, you know, you're a part of the cohort of, you know, the, the wine, you know. Single oh, mom. Yeah, I'm and just like, going to have a, like, yeah. a triple after work. I deserve it, you know. That, exactly, kids. yeah. And that, you know, I know your cohort really well, you know, really common to come to intoxicated things, mm. um, you know, come along and it's like, oh. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm really interested. Yeah, it's like. Is, there any, it's, is there any hot single men? <laughs> Look, it's a spook of me. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, there are, look, it is is a real mix of people, um, which is its beauty as well. Because yeah. you're meeting people that you would never meet normally. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, we've all probably got, you know, different circles and everything. But that's really nice too. You know, you've mm. got this common thing. You've got this really fundamental common thing is like, we are not getting pissed tonight. Yeah. And that's so nice. And and sometimes there are people that come once mm. and we'll never see them again. Yeah. And that's enough for that person to be like, oh my God, I did it. Yeah. I, I, I went out, I met a bunch of strangers because yeah. we are strangers. Um, I, you know, but I've made tons of friends through Intoxicated, I should add. It's not, mm. it's not just a complete bunch of strangers, um, you know, haven't drunk and had a good time. Yeah, you know? that's great. Takes so is it just in Sydney? Is it just for people I in know, Sydney? I know, so Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. Oh, cool. Um, but we're, you know, the, trying to expand to the other bigger cities, but funding's a big problem, you know, mm. because we're not a recovery group, we're not um, a mental health group, even though I would argue that social things are a part of connection which is a positive thing about mental health yeah but we just kind of don't fit into a funding box um properly so mm. Mm. we're kind of because it's all volunteer run and yeah so where, where can people find these events yeah so it's it's just all on the website so untoxicated.com.au great yeah, it's, it's awesome well yep. i'll put a link in the yeah, great. um the yep. podcast and we're on all the socials too uh, yep. facebook instagram yeah yeah, yeah. great yeah, it sounds amazing you'll see yeah. me at the next one yeah we should go because there is that massive stigma we talk yeah. about it in every episode where mm-hmm. people are so afraid to to say to their friends i'm gonna not drink tonight mm. you know there's that whole stigma around mm-hmm. it um i and, you know, mm. that doesn't bother me anymore. I celebrate yeah. that now. But yeah. talking about it to the world, absolutely do I get per- mm. do I have, have anxiety around mm-hmm. it? Because, yeah. you know, do I want that? Do, do I it's want all that ju- information it, out there? It's the judgment, right? And, then, mm-hmm. and I think that's the problem with society, right? Yeah. Is oh. the, the judgment creates the, the stigma, which then leads to shame. And then you don't feel like you can talk about it. But actually, do you know the amount of people that are, behind closed doors that are going through this right yeah. now uh, you know and that they they'll relate to things that we're saying even if our stories might seem a bit more extreme yeah. but they'll pick out things and they'll be like oh actually totally. yeah i do drink 
even just two glasses of wine a night after I've put the kids to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever it is that people will relate to and hopefully we can break those walls down. Yeah, that that whole like it just now I feel like that I've, you know, four years I've kind of made it through the wilderness. Mm. Um, things are just so heightened about Australia's attitude and behaviour with alcohol is mm-hmm. just a nightmare. You know, oh, it's bad luck to cheers with water. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. get fucked. It's, it's like when you, were talking, when you were talking about the dinner thing. So if my wife went out for dinner, we would uh, have a, a cocktail to like have a Negroni or something, mm. um, something expensive or something that made me feel sophisticated. Yeah. We might have a share a bottle of wine. Yep. Um, there's no way I'm stopping after that. And so on yeah. the way home, I would stop in at the liquor store, bottle shop, off-license, wherever you live in the world, and I would get a nice expensive bottle of wine, and then I'd think, that'll do us. And then I would have that moment of fear and go, what happens when we run out? So then I'd get two, two. bottles from the bargain bin yeah. as a backup. They'd be my wingman. <laughs> yeah. And then in the morning, and then just I'd drink them all. I'd drink yeah. them all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh. There's no limit. There's like, you know, uh, it's just. I'd look, oh. at, yeah. look at Jane and I'd be like, shall I open this last one of $2 bottle of wine? Yeah. She's like, mm, do we need it? And I'm yeah. like, deep yeah. down, I was like, oh, I can't live without it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, mm. So to go out and do that sober now and to go, like, we spoke about this Friday nights oh. and everyone's going to the pub. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you've got a routine. Yeah. Tell us. <laughs> oh, yeah. What well, is it? It's, it's just well, so wildly boring. Um, <laughs> you know, I've I've always got a plan on Friday night to do something, and it's usually housework, mm. which sounds ridiculous, but it's like it's something that's become a lot of self care. Friday nights is is my time. It's like I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure everything's cool and fresh and clean. Got a clean house for yep. the weekend. Some you know something for the you don't have when you're drinking. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 Never. And so it's just this really nice. Um, just a little thing, and it's very fucking boring but like <laughs> you know it, you just set yourself up nicely mm-hmm. and you know then you can just kind of sit down and be like alright I'm going to go have sex yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and trash this house no I'm kidding <laughs> sorry uh, sorry that, no, was, no, that no, was a joke uh, hey. Jane if you're listening to that I'll help you do the washing up on Friday <laughs> <laughs> I'll clean the house. I'll, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. <laughs> and talk about routine, about yeah. keeping your house clean. I shared something with you in the mm-hmm. coffee shop, and that is I have this weird routine on a Sunday because Sundays was a big thing for me. Yours is Friday. Mine was Sunday because mm-hmm. hairdressers have a lot of Mondays off, and I did back then. And that would be my witching hour. When I've done something pr- productive around the house, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I need a drink now. I need to reward because I didn't go out last night. So I do this thing. There's a radio show on in Sydney on FBI. Stephen Ferris does sold out. Mm-hmm. I set the ironing board up at five o'clock right, and I iron my T-shirts for the whole week. Wow. Right, and Lulu's yes, school shirts. Straight. I know. I know. <laughs> and it's the thing that I have to do. right? And I mm. hate doing it. But once I've done it and there's this thing about keeping your side of the street clean, there's, you know, the six hangers that are that are empty from my clothes. It looks a bit like Zara sometimes, my wardrobe, <laughs> because they're all folded very neatly. But to have those those shirts pressed or those T-shirts pressed mm. and my, you know, the, whatever that I'm going to wear for the week and it's all ready, yeah. that never happened when I was drinking. I'd always be pulling 
t-shirts out the laundry bin that were creased and crumpled and Mm -hmm. I'd put them on and go oh they'll stretch out it's nice and hot outside Mm -hmm. and so having that um, repetitive thing to make okay I wake up in the morning and I look at my wardrobe and I did it this morning and I'm like right I've got something nice and neat to wear Mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about it it's all there so I really relate to it's such a gift that you give to yourself in the past even though it's something tiny it's like oh no I've changed and it's a reminder of that yeah that is is really nice and fulfilling despite it being very boring yeah Yeah. but it is and then you look around and you're like but you feel nice because your space looks nice and it's representative of you yeah Yeah. you know they do talk about that with the you know that um, what they call it feng shui and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff but like when I was drinking and I've got the ADHD as well cleaning forget it yeah, like yeah. there was times when I would wake up and just ignore the yeah. stuff on yeah, the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. I can literally black it out like yeah. it's not there I yeah. just walk through it yeah, like yeah, a trail yeah. find a little trail off I go yeah. come back <laughs> shut the door <laughs> not a problem that's why I do it when the radio shows on because he plays some amazing tunes yeah and that's what and, I do as well and I don't on. have to think about what's coming next yeah. like, I've got turntables yeah. and records at home but you know I'm, mm. oh, I'm just playing the same stuff yeah and as where when I leave it to him, I'm like doing the ironing, sometimes in the lounge room, sometimes somewhere else, and I'm like, woo, tune! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my life yeah. is amazing. Can yeah. you believe we're having this conversation? Like, if you look back at when you were at like, your party thing, if we're all sat here going, yes, I do the ironing, and how, <laughs> how good is that? Go, how You're good does life feel? Weirdo. <laughs> yeah. But you see, music was a big thing when so, I was, when I was you know, partying, music, that yeah. whole thing was a big part. It took me 12 months to be able to play a record of my rec- from my record collection because I couldn't stand the mm. thought of putting it on because it had so many memories of being Trigger. completely off my yeah. face. Yeah. And drink, like, I, w- I would always get drunk and go, like, time to put a tune on, right? And it would be fun. Yeah. Mm. And it would be three in the morning and I'd be, like, going through, like, the last time, but ribbon in the sky, Stevie Wonder, and, like, crying in my wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my life is a mess. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so, so relate. Yeah. It's yeah. so easy to forget all of the bad stuff. Mm. I feel like sometimes it's, like... Um, you know, you you remember like one tiny good thing that happened when you were like drinking, like oh, yeah. kind of like a, you know, n- not so much now, but like a little bit romanticized, and you'd be like, you, ah. yeah, <laughs> ah. yeah, got to catch Your mind doesn't remember; it remembers mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. but it doesn't remember the emotion. Yeah. So if it was a great time or a bad time, you can easily go, oh well, I did that. That's okay. I can do it again. Yeah. 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 It, was, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But you don't oh, remember gosh. how you felt. If I could bottle that feeling of a Monday morning with that anxiety, yeah. fear, resentment yeah. and guilt mm. and just have a, a nip of that on a Friday, yeah. there's no way I'd ever drink again. Oh. Yeah. And that's what Absolutely. my mind has to do. Yeah. It's so what do you... I mean, if you could leave, you know, the audience with, you know, your kind of strategies of rebuilding you know and just living a great life you know like you mentioned a few things along your journey like what what would you say to people that are listening at home yeah i would say it is the best decision you will ever make um be fearless be fearless absolutely fearless challenge yourself set goals achieve them like it feels like goals will just 
be so achievable when you're not drinking. <laughs> um, but also be really kind to yourself. Correct. Be so kind. And, mm. you know, you are climbing a mountain, but, you know, just one step at a time, yeah. you know. If you fall over, that's fine. Just get back up. Yeah. It's, we can yeah. all beat ourselves up. Can't oh, we? totally. Mm. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, you've got to sit in the shit. Yeah. Sometimes, and you got to yeah. reflect, and you got to feel what you're feeling. Yeah. And then you know the sun comes out, and off you go. Yeah. Congratulations, and yeah. we haven't even touched Likewise. on it, but you know we spoke over the weekend, and you got called into the beach because it was carnage. <laughs> right. It was, it was really hot weather, thirty-four degrees, yeah, and you're like, yeah. um, you said, I've got to go into to. To save lives, basically. <laughs> Look at what you've done. Like now, you're a lifesaver. Yeah, at, yeah. At a Sydney beach. Oh yeah. 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 And, um, right. Tamarama. Tamarama wow. is part of the Tamarama Gropers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a, yeah. that's but, a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but no, in, don't you think that that's quite symbolic? Yeah. That now oh. you've you've not only have you discovered um, swimming, mm. but you're a lifesaver. So you, cool. you were yeah, telling me a story earlier on yesterday about how a guy was next to you body surfing you oh. saying dislocated his shoulder. Ooh. Yeah. And there yes. you are to help. That would have never happened when never. you were drinking. Never. And, you know, even like you saying that back to me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I guess that was pretty cool. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. Like when you don't drink, like not not the dislocated shoulder, but good things happen. Mm. You know, they are, are attracted to you. You know, Correct. good things will happen. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough. Your story was amazing. Uh, I feel like we should definitely get you back on at some point. uh, Yeah. I've got a whole list of stuff down there we didn't even touch. I know, that's what I mean. I feel like we've... But that's like when you go to the pub, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just sitting in his chat. um, But we remember the conversations and I remember... You know, this is... Everything you've said, I've resonated with. Me too. Um even though we've never met each other until yeah. today. Yeah. The fact that there is, we often say it, there's this opposite to addiction is connection. Yeah. I've definitely connected with you Likewise. and your yeah. story. And it's so lovely to hear uh, your, your route of getting, or route, however you're from, yeah. is, is different, very different to mine. And that's yeah. well, the beautiful thing about us doing this because we want to try and expose as many different ways as possible yeah. if you are struggling. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one particular way. Yeah. There are numerous yeah. pathways oh, that you absolutely. can take. But yeah. the catalyst for that is that you need to want to stop. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're going to go in into this and go, well, I'm just going to stop until my birthday, you'll find as with your story, it will just keep repeating yeah. and repeating. Yeah. And when mm. you, what we end up basically discovering is, is that we didn't need it. Mm. We thought we needed Never. it, yeah. but we actually didn't. No. Yeah. And that's the, the big thing where, and that's why we're being so vocal about it. Yeah. Amy, thank you so much once you're, again. You're welcome. I always yeah, love doing this you. with you. No, it's good. It's good to have my ADHD crazy bit yeah. next to me. <laughs> <laughs> we come as a, we come yeah. as a team now. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, once again, I'm like, I might have bipolar. I might have ADHD. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I definitely know that I'm an alcoholic. You'll go home and then you'll think yeah. about yeah. it all day. Yeah. I know I'm just, you. I, I've decided not to open any more doors for a while. Yeah. I'm yeah. just going to keep them closed for a bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, thank you, Andrew. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, appreciate it. Don't forget to thank you for everyone that subscribed. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. If you've loved what you've heard, if you want to hear more, please send us some messages through our social media, through Straight Edge the Podcast. Uh, 
if you want to come on the show and be a guest and be as brave as Andrew and tell his lovely story, um, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And uh, thank you very much. Enjoy. Thank you.